Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. The second reading from this weekend's reading is from St. Paul's letter to Timothy. Now, if you look at a liturgical calendar, we are going to read from 1st and 2nd Timothy for the next seven weeks. These letters are rich in the spiritual life, give us some great pastoral advice. That's why the church thinks it's very important that we read these letters in the coming two months. As we begin, to read 1 Timothy, it's important for us to stop and absorb all the wisdom that St. Paul is giving us. Instead, what we should do is imagine that Paul is writing this letter for us intentionally, for you and I, because Paul wants to help us grow in the spiritual life. Now notice how it begins. Paul writes, I am grateful to him who has strengthened me, Christ Jesus our Lord because he considered me trustworthy in appointing me to the ministry. I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and arrogant, but I have been mercifully treated because I acted out of ignorance in my unbelief. Indeed, the grace of our Lord has been abundant, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Paul stands as a living exemplar of Jesus' grace of redemption. Paul tells us about the power of God. God's power transforms rebellious sinners into remarkable saints, like Paul himself. Paul is using himself as a great example of what God's power can do for an individual. Now, we all know that tragic tale of Saul, the zealous Pharisee, who thought he was doing what God wanted him to do, persecuting our church, literally killing Christians, for worshiping God. However, God's grace was poured upon Saul on that road to Damascus. On that faithful day, Paul encountered the last person he ever expected to meet, Jesus Christ himself. And from that encounter, the epic story of St. Paul, the great apostle, began. And see, this is what Paul is trying to tell Timothy. Paul's very life is a great example of how the power of God's grace can change people from the worst enemy of our church to the greatest apostle and the greatest defender of our faith. Paul is a living example of the power of God's grace. More to it, that same grace has the power to change and strengthen each and every one of us, especially during those challenging times in our life. When we feel that nothing is going our way, God's grace makes us personally strong, but also our community strong. I always say, when even just one person grows stronger in the spiritual life, the whole community grows stronger for that. Now, turn to the letter. We have to appreciate the context in which this is all set in. 
Timothy is a protege of Paul. Timothy has been recruited and baptized by Paul. He's a disciple, a traveling companion of Paul. In fact, Paul even ordained Timothy to the priesthood. And so Timothy spent years at Paul's side, learning from him. Paul one day finds out something disturbing about the Christian community in Ephesus. Ephesus is a great Roman city in present-day Greece. Now, what's happening in this Christian community is outsiders have come in and they are starting to teach false doctrine that is contrary to the teachings of Jesus Christ and the church. And in doing so, people within the community there engage in behavior that is contrary to the gospel. Well, upon hearing this, Paul is greatly upset and distressed. Paul personally established this community. He knows these people very well. Many of them are his close friends. In fact, he can probably considers them family. And so immediately, Paul sends Timothy to resolve this crisis and to teach properly doctrine and dogma. You could say this is Timothy's first assignment, his first parish. And so Timothy arrives in Ephesus, and it's every bit as bad as Paul imagined. The people have strayed from the teachings of the church and have engaged in false doctrine. And as a result, no one is going to Mass anymore. No one is worshiping God. So Timothy sets out to change things for the better. What's required? Catechesis. We would refer to it as lifelong faith formation. Now, at first, it doesn't go very well for Timothy. The people don't accept his teaching. They don't accept doctrine or the gospel. Now, Timothy, being young and all alone, gets discouraged to the point of ready to give up. Paul finds out about this, and he dispatches this letter that we have read today to boost his morale. He tells Timothy, it's important to keep the faith. Don't give up, especially during challenging times. Just as God didn't give up on Paul, God won't give up on us. Trust in God's grace. In fact, surrender to the power of God's grace. Now, all of us, at some point in time in our life, we've been there where Timothy is. At some point in time in our life, we've been discouraged. We faced challenges that are overwhelming. We've said, you know, God, where are you? I can't take it anymore. See, this is why this letter is so important for each and every one of us, because we have gone through what Timothy has gone through. And this is the reason why the church asks us to read from 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy in the next seven weeks. It speaks to us about the importance of trusting in God's grace. God's grace has the power to change our lives and change them for the better, especially during those difficult times in our life when we feel all is hopeless. Now, this reminds me of the story of John Newton. John Newton was the man who wrote the song, Amazing Grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was lost, but now found. I was blind, but now I see. Those words in the melody, that song, speaks to the deepest instinct of the human heart that is in need of deliverance. I don't know if you know anything about John Newton. He actually was a slave trader. And one night, as he was crossing the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, 
in a ship that had a cargo full of slaves. He encountered a terrible storm that nearly took his life. Well, that storm shook John Newton to the very core of who he was, and it was a life-changing moment for him. He converted to Christianity, and after his conversion, he became a great Christian evangelizer in England. The more he grew in the knowledge of his faith, the more he lived it out, to the extent that later on he became a priest. Now, it's important to realize John Newton never forgot the slave trade and the role he played in it. He spent the rest of his life repenting for it and preaching against it. Newton understood from his direct experience that real personal conversion had broader consequences to it such that if we claim to love God, we need to prove it in thought, word, and deed each and every day of our life, not when we feel like it or when it's convenient. Newton saw slavery as a gross violation of the human dignity, and he worked tirelessly to end it in England. John Newton's life was like St. Paul's. He was a great example that Christian faith has far-reaching consequences. It compels us to not only just know about Jesus, but it also compels us to prove it by living out our faith always and every day of our life. John Newton once wrote, Every Christian man and woman, boy and girl, who takes the gospel seriously, walks his path, his journey. He walks the road of St. Paul. Through God's grace, we also encounter the Lord in our life, just like John Newton did, just like Paul did on the road to Damascus. And in doing so, it compels us that if we love God, we have to prove it. Well, one of the ways that we can prove it is stewardship. And that's a great message for our parishes. Our parishes are now taking on the stewardship of belong, believe, and become. With God's grace, Just like St. Paul and John Newton, we begin to cultivate a sense of belonging in our parishes, our faith communities. We nurture an environment in which the people feel that they belong, that they feel at home in our parishes, worshiping God and in active ministry, especially the people that are new to our parishes. See, when we cultivate that environment of belonging, then it opens up for believing. People now open themselves up to grow in their knowledge of Jesus Christ and our faith, just like Paul did and just like John Newton did. And finally, when we actively pursue our knowledge of our faith, then we become. We become the person that God created each and every one of us to be. For Paul, it was a great apostle. For John Newton, it was to champion the abolishment of slavery in England. Well, for each and every one of us, we become the person that God created us to be by exercising our stewardship. We are all good stewards of the many gifts we have been given, and they've all been gifts. The gifts of our property, our possessions, flesh, bone, blood, even our thoughts are on loan from God. They are all gifts. And so when we understand that, then we freely share them. We share our prosperity. We share our prayers. We share our skills and abilities. We share them for the benefit of others. And in doing so, our communities become stronger for that.
But it all begins with God's grace, trusting in God's grace, that God's grace will strengthen us personally, individually, but also as a faith community. And that's what's so important. God's grace had the power to change St. Paul's life and John Newton's life. And it has the power to change our lives for the better, to strengthen us, to be living disciples of Christ in this world. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.